0: To books, broads, and booze. These are your hosts. I'm Jamie Bennett and the wonderful and amazing Monica Woohoo. Hello, hello. Today we are going to discuss the book Girl Wash Your Face. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> it, it has a lot of mixed reviews, as we'll say. And tonight we are also consuming some very delicious drinks. It's called A Dark and Stormy. I I happen to have a friend whose son likes to make cocktails and he is very good at what he does. He introduced us to this delicious cocktail and now I think it may be a favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely one of my favorites. It's
1: got dark rum. Can't go wrong with that.
0: But It's so easy to put together. Uh, dark rum, two ounces, uh, four ounces of ginger beer, and then lime for garnish. I, of course, have to squeeze that lime. Squeeze it. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Girl, Wash Your Face is written by uh, an influencer, Rachel Hollis, who is like 30. She's young. She's adorable. It's like you look at pictures over here like, oh, I hate her. So she has, uh, uh, I wrote down, I thought, 20 chapters of the book. And each chapter starts with a lie that she tells herself. Now, I kind of liked that format, I thought it was cute and uh, I I like the idea of it. Uh, She's not a professional therapist, she's just telling her story of what she did and how she copes with the traumas that she's had. And a lot of people can identify with it, and then other people, not so much. (laughs) I also did like the format. I liked the
1: questions, um, the lies that she told herself, and I thought that they're valid. A lot of people do tell themselves these lies. I, this book made me feel so weird. I can't even describe it. And I went through it chapter by chapter to say to myself, okay, do I totally disagree with this woman? Do I agree with her? What is making me feel so off about this book? And although there is a lot in the book that I do agree with, I still have this little weirdo feeling. So maybe it'll come out why while we talk about
0: it. <laughs> I I feel uh, the book is definitely very targeted for the audience. I think this is for upper middle class working moms. I, I don't think that, you know... Mm, even middle-aged moms would be a target. I think it's going to be like more younger moms that are probably targeted for it. I would go a little farther to say that it is for married couples, married oh, moms. That too, yeah.
1: Who are financially stable and not going through any current trauma.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that would be a good good audience. To describe for it, yeah, because I think if you fall outside of that, you're going, "Mm, maybe You're going to feel a little patronized, maybe. I
1: don't
0: know. Yeah. She does say, I, a lot in the book, like, I did this, I do this, and she talks a lot about her company, my company, my company, my company. (laughs) Yeah, she
1: definitely does. And, you know... I don't think that's one of the things that made me uneasy. It was a little annoying at times, but I do feel like we should be able to be proud of our accomplishments, and she is most definitely proud of her accomplishments, and I'm sure she worked really hard. But, um, yeah, did get a little bit much. Tell me what you did like about the book. Well... Consult your notes. I do. I have lots of notes on this. What I did like about the book is... Well, she recommends therapy. Yeah. And I do think that everybody could benefit from therapy. I think she fails to mention or recognize that not all people can go to therapy. I, for example, have health insurance. Therapy is a $40 copay for me. Um, is still a lot of money. Which is, it is. And plus I pay for my health insurance. It's not free through my job.
0: No, no. I
1: feel like people who qualify for a sliding scale for therapy probably don't have the extra money to pay the sliding scale fee and if you have Medicaid or something similar those therapists are so overbooked overworked I mean it may take months to get in so although in principle I think therapy is a great idea for everyone then The minus side of that is I didn't really feel like it's feasible for everyone.
0: Uh, I think that there's definitely a lack of services in our society for therapy. And uh, it's difficult to find a therapist who's taking your insurance. It's difficult to find one who has openings and hours and getting there. Yeah, these are all huge burdens that a lot of people face. And so I can see how it, it is... is highly recommended but it's not easily accessible right i also liked um i liked the fact that she did seem
1: very open-minded she's christian i found her the parts of the book about her spirituality to be very sincere Mm -hmm. and but she's also very open and accepting of other cultures and way of life and i appreciated that
0: i i thought she was very open as well and I I did like that about her. I didn't feel like she felt, if you don't fit into this small bubble, then I don't value what you say. Right. And then finally, I, um, I feel like she is very
1: sincere in wanting to help people. I don't think that she means to be off-putting at all or judgmental at all i don't think that was her intention even though to me she came off that way a little bit
0: i think that's a very fair assessment i yeah i feel like she she's telling her story of saying hey this is what worked for me and not trying to say Oh, well, you should definitely follow my format and this is what works and this is my formula and and if you can't make this work, then there's something wrong with you and and I I think she came across as like genuine. And I listened to the book. So, listening to her read the book, I felt, you know, she felt she sincere. F- very sincere about it. Yeah. And the she said that she didn't cry when she talked about Uh, her brother's suicide which I was like bawling my eyes out about and that was like the one part of the book where I was very (laughs) upset. Yeah that
1: was definitely very heartfelt and definitely a trauma that she went through that I'm sure is still affecting her to this day.
0: Right and uh, I have a I have the feeling that she has done a lot of work a lot of therapy and I don't think that comes across in the book. I have Like, you you have the feeling that she has done a lot of work on herself. She talks about how uh, I always have to keep busy, and I know this this is a response of my trauma, and I don't think it, it comes across of how much work she put into getting to where she is now.
1: Right, and I think that other people who have gone through a similar trauma who did not have the help and resources that she had available to her, would probably not be able to just wash their face and get yeah. on with their life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I completely agree with that. It it was very traumatic experience, and I don't think a a lot of people could. Yeah, just yeah. wash their face. Yeah, I will say, although this is not meant for you know people who necessarily experience severe trauma, it's you know more of a, like, hey, ladies. You know, stop listening to the lies you're telling yourself. Here are some things that, you know, you can think about instead. And I will say my favorite part of the book, my favorite part of the book was when she talks about when you get undressed for your husband, he's not examining your whole body, going over <laughs> all your flaws. He's just like, boobies, yay! <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm sold. I like that part. <laughs> yeah, I did laugh at that. Uh, Were there any lies that you thought were more identifying with yourself than than some of the other ones? Well, I think one of the things
1: that, one of the chapters that I did, I liked the question was that I'm not good enough. That's the lie we tell ourselves. I'm not good enough. And this is the chapter where she realized that as a child, she was praised for successes. And so she became a workaholic in her adult life. That what she had learned was that if she can produce something or work hard enough, that that's how she'll get love. And I thought that was very self-aware of her. Because not all of us can link our, say, addictions or coping mechanisms to... The childhood trauma that caused us to be that way. So that was like very impressive and self-aware, I thought. And then she talks about how stress had caused her Bell's palsy and her vertigo. And she goes to see this holistic doctor who's telling her, you know, that... You know, when you're psychologically troubled, your body is communicating with you. And she's like, hey, I didn't even know my body did that. And I that was my favorite part. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, definitely. But then I felt like it fell short in the actual self-help part of this chapter. Because her little points at the end were therapy, which we've discussed before right hustle for joy which i was like whatever lady and reorder your priorities so yeah we're all you know if you're stressed to the point where you have bell's palsy or you have chronic vertigo and it's simply a matter of reordering your priorities well that's not possible for say a single mother or somebody who's dealing with somebody with i mean there's so many situations where you have more priorities than you have day
0: yeah i i personally was going through about a vertigo a few years ago and i it would just come on suddenly and i knew it was stress related and i was doing everything i could to take care of myself and i was you know, I was still working out. I was still trying to eat healthy. Um, I was still trying to sleep the right amounts. I was trying to limit my caffeine and alcohol. And uh, it just was a stress response. And I had to work through the difficult times at that time. And these are situations that are out of my control. And I realize they're out of my control. And I'm, I'm like, I'll just do what I can do but i my body still says oh it's too much you're you're still gonna yeah you still have too much stress so we're just going to make you feel dizzy all the time for no apparent reason and sometimes you fall down <laughs> and i think a lot of what we don't do as people
1: is ask for help from other from others because it makes us feel like we're not good enough so i think a better advice for that chapter would be get help from where you can you shouldn't be ashamed to ask for help if it's too much you know just because somebody else can do all these things doesn't mean that you should hate yourself because you can't do all of these
0: things right right so a lot of my friends have told me I'm crazy because I do a lot of things and I keep very busy and I said that's because I'm part wizard slash superhero (laughs) I agree with that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some of them are like, no, you're just crazy. <laughs> well,
1: some people get energized from being out among people and doing things, and other people get energized by, like, cozy blankets and cups of tea. We're all different.
0: Yes, yes. I, I've, I feel like I have more energy when I'm doing something. Like, I could be laying on the couch doing nothing all day. And and feel exhausted. Or I could be laundry day, cleaning my house, doing laundry, meal prepping, grocery shopping, doing all that kind of stuff. And then I'll feel slightly better than I did if I have been laying around doing nothing all day. <laughs> right. So,
1: yeah. So, I do feel like the advice fell a little short in that section. Um, There was another one that I liked... Um, and let
0: me see well I will say the one that I did not like Mm -hmm. I did not like I'm gonna marry Matt Damon I was like seriously like (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was that was
1: very much so let's make a vision board and put a yacht and a million dollars up there and stare at it every day and it's just gonna happen if we think positive enough
0: but if I put it out in the universe, it's really going to have No,
1: lady, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> now, the one that I did not like was the I'm bad at sex. And let me tell you the only reason why I did not like that. So she talks about how she did not want to have sex with her husband. And, you know, she would do it. And I got the sense where... It wasn't because she wanted to, but because she kind of felt like she had to. Right. And one of her points of advice was to have sex with him every day for a month. To me, that felt so, like, that is trauma in and of itself. That was horrifying to me.
0: Absolutely horrifying. I... I felt very uncomfortable reading that chapter. Yes. I it was it was kind of creepy. Yes. Her relationship with her husband uh was not good at the start and kudos for her for it working out. I I have seen this and I was like, yeah, you know, if that was me, that's not how that would have turned out. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much
1: he treated her terribly and then moved away. And then was still trying to kind of, you know, get with her every once in a while. And she was very much so wanted him and finally had this epiphany that she's going to say, hey, you know what? You're not going to treat me this way. And then he was like, okay, I won't. And then everything was wonderful and perfect after that. Like, I don't know in any circumstance ever where that has happened in real life. I felt like that part was like, there's a lot more of that story
0: yeah uh, i i could agree with that yeah i i didn't feel all the pieces were laid out for it
1: right and i don't feel like that was would be good advice for other people because typically Definitely people not. don't change usually something very traumatic has to happen for someone to change right if you're in a bad relationship and somebody's treating you bad and you say stand up for yourself, you know, hey, you can't treat me this way. Yeah, they may change in the short term, but it'll probably go back to old patterns unless you really work at it. Like she talks about with therapy and all of this. I think there's more to it than just that. I thought that was very misleading.
0: I I agree. I mm-hmm. I I I think that part of her story did did not make a lot of sense and did not fit the narrative of most times I've seen and or experienced those (laughs) relationships. Yeah. I, uh, I did like the chapter I'm not a good mom. And so when I listened to that one and she's like, oh, if you're reading this book, you're a good mom. I was like, I, because I felt that way before. I, I've like, when I was in therapy in the past and I was like, I'm a terrible mother and my therapist like, you're a great mom. You should be, you know, giving lectures to other moms. She's like, you don't know what a bad mom is. She's like, if you're reading these parenting books and you're coming here and talking about this, you're a good mom. And her advice is, you know, take care
1: of the baby. Take care of yourself. Ah. And again, practical and wonderful advice if you're in a stable place and in a stable relationship and you have help and resources. Yes, you can do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I felt uh, when I was on maternity leave, like those should have been my only priorities, and I may have got more sleep.
1: (laughs) Well, and actually,
0: her points of of advice for that chapter
1: were great. Find a tribe. I thought that was great advice. Find people that can help you. Stay away from Pinterest. Good advice. Oh, my gosh, yes. Please, (laughs) please stay away from Pinterest. And talk to someone. And I think those... Are those key points were on point. Yeah. And then she goes on to say, well, that was for having a baby, but when she talks about um, you know, not being a good mom and her son was upset because she wasn't like all the other moms. Um So, but she did, she did have choices. She, she said, I could choose to stay home or I could choose to work. So in and of itself, those choices that she had made me feel a little resentful of her. You know what I mean? So, but she, but she said, look for evidence that you're a good mom if you have great kids. And I thought that's true. You know, make friends with other moms. I thought that was good advice and focus on quality time with your kids and i thought that was good advice too. So, like i said, this book makes me feel weird. It's like, okay, i kind of like this part, but this part makes me feel icky, you know? I just it's so strange.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I i am laughing but i agree. It <laughs> it is strange and I'm sorry i just got distracted. Uh, I asked Thor to put my furnace filters Down here in the basement for me, and I see one, and I'm like, Well, where's the other one? I'm like, I I don't, I gotta, I'm gonna have to ask them, Where are my furnace filters? And why is that one there? That's, that's weird. I'm like, Okay, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the podcast. So, overall, we have mixed feelings. Is there anything else that you definitely wanted to talk about? Well,
1: I think it all. Is summed up at the end of the book, I Need a Hero. And I feel like this book is advice that you could get from your mom, right? So you're not happy, right? Her advice at the end of the book, this I'm reading verbatim from her book. Get a hold of your life. Um, stop hiding yourself. Stop being afraid. Stop saying you can't. Stop putting it off. Girl, wash your face. Basically, if you're not happy, we'll be happier.
0: (gasps) Just, if you think it, will come. Yeah, just just do it. Yeah, so the ridiculousness of that
1: advice pretty much sums up the entire book. Although she does have some good insights along the way, um, I feel like the good advice is mixed in with so much that's wrong that it's not worth a read. (laughs)
0: So I take it you're not going to be reading the follow-up book (laughs) Uh, No
1: I definitely will not
0: I gave it a one star and I'm like the type of person
1: Who always gives people at least three stars Because I feel bad and I don't want to hurt their feelings But like I could not In good conscience (laughs) Give her any more than that (laughs) What about you? Did you have anything else that kind of stuck out for you? Uh,
0: you know, so she she does talk a lot in the book about how we compare ourselves to other moms. I, I think there is one or two lies to one or two chapters that where she addresses that, where you're the working mom and you drop your kids off and you don't ha- have the homemade treats for your kid's birthday. And, you know... You're running to the store at the last minute to do something because you've forgotten about it because you have a lot of other things on your plate and you can't remember everything, and your kids get disappointed that well, other moms can do this, why can't you do that? And I feel like that's a pretty valid part of my life. And I was like, I hear you, Mm -hmm. I see that. I'm like, yeah, that that does happen, and in the circle that I'm in, and it's kind of crappy, and I feel like school moms could be more supportive of one another, and they're they're not. There's you know there's like the clicks that happen, and then there's the Pinteresty perfect moms, and then there's more of me sort of like i don't a wild hair mom, like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that and I think she does address that in the book a little bit about how you know talking to you specifically the reader as a woman hey we need to build other women up we need to try to stop being judgmental and really, and there's a part where she's seeing this kid crying on the airplane and the mom gives him gummy bears and she's like appalled. And I'm thinking, really? That's what you're appalled about? you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, whatever. So, and the kid stops crying. and th- But she does check herself. And she takes a step back. And she's like, hey, I don't know the whole story here. And the mom looked tired. And she looked frazzled. And so she was able to find that compassion for the other woman. And I think that that's solid advice for anybody.
0: Yeah, I... I was having a talk with my son yesterday and my kids fight all the time. (laughs) And the older one's like, the younger one deserved to be beaten. I said, nobody deserves to be beaten. You need to find compassion for other people. We need more compassion in the world. You need to be able to look at somebody and say, hey, you know, I don't like what you just did to me but I don't have to beat you for it.
1: <laughs> right, or, and, or to also say, yes, there's reasons why people behave the way that they do. Not that that excuses behavior. People should still be held accountable for their actions, but having that compassion, I think, deflates some of the volatility.
0: Right, your response to their actions doesn't have to be violent attacks. I mean, right. I... My kids are young boys, so so that's just where they fly to. Yeah. All right, so are we ready to wrap it up, then? Yeah,
1: I don't have anything else, really, for this book, other than I'm really glad I'm done with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like the book. I, I thought there was parts of it I can definitely see Monica's point of view. Um, I could see how other people would find her just uh, very superficial. But uh, uh, I gave it three stars, I think. So, well, thank you for listening, everyone. And we will see you next month. Have a wonderful rest of the summer. Bye. Bye.